Welcome to the Deeper Dive podcast, where we dive deep into God's Word and discover together how to practically live as disciples of Jesus through the application of gospel truth. Ecclesiastes. Hey, we have just wrapped up our series, and I think, was that was that like an eight-week series, you guys, that we did? Boy, I, I, I remember. Longer, I think. Yeah, I think it ended up being something like 11 or 12. Okay, it was that yeah. long. Depends All who right. you ask. I think there's some people that thought it was two years. <laughs> it went on forever. Yeah. All right, well, we have here at Bethel Church, we have just finished this several-month series on Ecclesiastes, and it has really been a blast, right? Yeah. So I'm here with the team, all three pastors and myself. Gentlemen, what's been the feedback that you guys have gotten? Yeah, it was interesting. Drew, a couple of weeks ago in one of our Richland services, he said, you know, when we announced uh, that we were going to do Ecclesiastes, he was like, man, this is going to be a bummer of a summer because <laughs> we're going to be walking <laughs> through this Could book title. that, you know, I, my guess is, is that many of us have kind of, we've slugged through Ecclesiastes in our, in our daily reading. If you do a one-year Bible, if you're just reading through books of the Bible, uh, maybe that's been your experience in the past. Um, but Dave, to your question, what's been the feedback? I think so many people have been pleasantly surprised, um, challenged. Um, I think that they've seen that this is an incredibly timely book. As a matter of fact, I was walking up to record this podcast into the room that we record this in, just had a conversation with a guy who Ecclesiastes just hit his family this mm-hmm. week or, or a friend of his uh, who just passed away. Mm-hmm. And the the timely words of Ecclesiastes are what he's using, not only for himself, but he's actually going to meet with a with a gentleman wow. yeah. who had a, a relative that just passed. And those wow. words of Ecclesiastes are what he's carrying with him. Wow. It, it's just it's just crazy how yeah. God lines that up sometimes. Yeah. As you say, I was thinking two weeks ago, three weeks ago, um, as we were looking at death from Ecclesiastes in our first service, 830, had the intro, said we're going to be talking about death today, which is, as Christians, it's tough, but also it's, it's a conversation we should be able to have because we have hope through Christ. And this lady just stands up in the service and says, um, my, my, my daughter-in-law, or I'm sorry, my, step, my stepdaughter died last night. Mm. And we were just like, we stopped our service and prayed for her, but it was like God's word. In that moment, she was like, I don't come regularly. I just felt like I needed to come today. Wow. And it was like, boom, right wow. there. She needed to hear the word. It was there from Ecclesiastes of all places, right? Yeah. Mm. An obscure book in the Old Testament that spoke yeah. to her. So, yeah. 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 I think, I mean, I make that joke. Yeah. Some people feel like it's gone on for years, but by and large, I mean, no one, no one's actually said that to me. So, <laughs> but by and large, the feedback has been, um, I think, one of, of wow, this is a, this is a gem that I never really spent time digging through. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we have unpacked it a little bit more with people, I think that's that's the biggest I think piece of feedback I've gotten is mm-hmm. uh, this is this is a lot more interesting than I than I thought it was. Or thanks for thanks for unpacking some of this stuff and helping us understand it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, Ecclesiastes is kind of a tough book to understand, as we pointed out at the beginning of the series. There's two voices going on in the book and there's some phrases in Ecclesiastes that just seem completely like unbiblical mm-hmm. <laughs> like on on their face. So, yeah, I think the 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 feedback has been really good. Yeah. Part of what I've got that I've gotten from a variety of people has has actually been that the book <clears throat> started coming together. Mm-hmm. They started understanding the message, how it all did fit together. Mm-hmm. So I had actually people, a couple of people just write me saying, hey, you know, this is the first time I've actually understood this thing. Mm-hmm. 
and been blessed by it and how this, so that's how it all fits together. One person, this is really cool. I'd love to tell you who this is, but it would not be appropriate. But she said, it's like a puzzle that came together. This puzzle of Ecclesiastes mm. finding coming together. So anyway, great stuff. It's just, it just shows the power of the word, right? Mm-hmm. Part of what we do, guys, we all know that we preach, we really endeavor to preach the whole counsel of God, which means we can't skip over stuff that's kind of difficult, right? Yeah. There, we just, we have to face some of that. Yep. Well, as far as personal highlights, kind of go, going from what the people uh, people's feedback to the to the series, what has been what have been some of the personal highlights for you guys as a result of going through this book, through preaching and studying through this book? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, something that uh, has been a highlight for me, I think, is just um, the fact that we have a book in scripture, and we have several books in scripture that just they they paint a true picture of life. Like I, I just, I'm, I'm just struck by the fact that we don't, we don't have this, you know, this, this book was written, you know, probably 3000 years ago, but we don't have this piece of literature that is just ancient and outdated. Um, but it is, it is, I mean, it is so fresh and it comes into our life right now. I mean, this Ecclesiastes paints this picture of life that, Apart from God, life is incredibly bleak. And I think that is exactly where a lot of people are living. And it doesn't leave us in the bleakness. It talks about ways that people try and um, escape that that bleakness or brokenness. And it gives us some real reasons, I, I think, to hope. You know, I, I think in the end, what Ecclesiastes tells us as we wrapped up this last week is it begins by saying, all is vanity. And then it ends by saying, it's all vanity, but it actually all really matters. It all mm. counts in the end. It ends with this final thing, like God adds it all up. Every one of our days, there's mm. there's a there's a judgment that's to come, which is good. Like God's going to set everything right. Mm. Um, and so it starts out like, man, everything, <laughs> it's it's a vapor. It's 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 nothing. And then it says, you know what? Actually, it all counts. It all mm. counts towards something. What about the rest of you guys? Personal highlights. Yeah, I think in my own personal reading and study through this over the last couple of months has forced me to slow down when I read. I mean, we just went through Ephesians before this, and Ephesians is in the New Testament. It's a book that we're pretty familiar with, familiar with Paul, his language. It's a little more easy to make sense of at times. In this book, it's been like, oh my goodness, <laughs> like you have to slow down and think and pray and then come back to it, hear other people talk about it. And so I've I've benefited personally from just that slow learning of this book and I think at the same time, a personal blessing it's brought is it's expanded my own grammar, I guess you could say, about talking about the faith. Again, like we preach through Paul, and there's so many things we talk about as Christians that are Pauline and sound like the New Testament. And here Ecclesiastes gives us new words, new concepts that have always been here, but for me personally, just have not been maybe as influential or big in my mind. And it's just, it's been great. I think the focus on death and the brevity of life um, even for me as a guy in my young 30s, it's been really good <laughs> just to to get a, the bigger perspective of what God wants to do yeah. in my life. And so, yeah, it's been it's been a cool journey to take with the church, but also personally. That's great, Adam. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have loved Solomon's fearlessness to mm-hmm. face difficulties, enig- enigmas, you know, struggles. Mm-hmm. And as he's faced those and he has voiced those in his typically wise way, I, I've loved it. I think... Uh, you know, a lot of times we struggle through life, and we're, we're we have these com- these common questions in the back of our mind. 
These are, these are things that are common to everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody has these struggles, right, deep inside of us, right? We may, may not think it through, you know, sort of philosophically as well as other people do, but we still feel them. We, we feel a basic injustice about a, about a number of things in life, mm-hmm. and like it should not be like this. Mm-hmm. So for Solomon to unearth that, you know, once again, just so boldly, is, is I, I personally, I just found it hugely encouraging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And by the way, this book, uh, I read this book um, when, when back when I was in Venezuela. Mm-hmm. Same thing. I was just struggling with a lot of stuff, and it, it helped me back then just like as much as it's helped me now. So I think one of the takeaways I, I have gotten from this book is uh, – there's a, there's a sense in which the writer here is is explaining what life looks like without Christ, um, and if, if you are a in 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 the sense if a, a hopeless life without without hope of eternity without any hope in this life. So as a believer reading this book, I think it actually has opened my eyes a little bit to see. Okay, now I can have a little bit of a better understanding of what a non believer is going through in their own lives or how a non-believer may look at his or her life at some point. I mean, even a believer is going to, we're going to get to this point where it's like, man, we feel like everything, everything it comes to the same, the same end. It's all vanity. Well, that's, if, if we're having that perspective with, with Jesus, how much more is that, is someone having that perspective without Jesus? Mm-hmm. I think it is crucially important for us to, when for believers to read this and they say, this is what your neighbor is is facing. This is this is the life that your unbelieving friend is is facing. This is this is the outlook of life that your unbelieving family member is facing and hopefully it kind of lines us up to to bring the gospel into that. Hmm. Were there any surprises for you as you guys have gone through this? Hmm. So I I would say I've been pleasantly surprised by one thing that really struck me time and again. It came out a couple of weeks ago. Um uh, as as Drew was preaching in in, in Richland, um, but just the joy that can be found in small things, mm-hmm. um, you know the 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 book in general. It is the author is attempting to tell us that we can't control things. We try to control. We try to manipulate. We try to make our life go a certain way, and life is not that way. It is out of control, and even though there is so much. Hevel, there's so much out of controlness. There is this tremendous joy in the midst of it, knowing that God's in control of all of it. Just slow down, enjoy a good meal, mm-hmm. <laughs> enjoy enjoy friends, enjoy the company of of your wife, and planting gardens and participating in community. Like just, I I have personally noticed through this that I'm I'm actually rejoicing in really really small things. Mm-hmm. I'm noticing small things, and I'm thanking the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, almost, I don't want to say on a daily, but it it, it probably is almost every yeah. single day. I'm thanking the Lord for really small things. Mm. Yeah, that's great. What about you guys? Anything that's surprised you? Well, I actually had that same same thing written down. The this that uh, if if you've been with us through Ecclesiastes, you know that there's this phrase that comes up, and it comes up seven times, and essentially it's this is this this result uh, that that uh, Kohelet ends up on, and it's just exactly what you said, Jason, enjoy life. It comes up seven times in the book of Ecclesiastes in one way or another. And uh, that's what I've been, yeah, I pleasantly surprised with, I guess, is, man, can I, w- w- what are the good things that God has given me in life uh, to enjoy? The friendship, 
of someone now, the, the coffee in the morning <laughs> with, with my family right now, uh, the sunset tonight and, um, mm-hmm. the good food and the good drink at the table tonight, not, not always looking for what's next, what's next, what's next. Our culture, American culture does a really good job of wondering what's next. Right. Um, taking our eyes off what's here. Yeah. And in the same vein, just the way that the author describes reality that we interact with all the time, like the small things like food and drink and gardens and your spouse or whatever that, whatever he talks about, that those aren't accidental to our life, but they're part of the way God has created life in this world. Um, as a means to connecting with him and almost like you could say like a spirituality of the small things in our life, like mm-hmm. the small rhythms, the small good things. When you take those, that moment, like you're saying, Jason, to rejoice and have gratitude. I think we're actually experiencing life as God intended us to where everything, everything is ultimately drawing us and our attention to him and thanks. Mm-hmm. And that's been, I think for the same thing for me, it's been, I have been giving way more thanks to God than I generally do. Mm. <laughs> I think I'm happier and more grateful than I generally am. Well, it's a game changer to see life, any good thing in your life, to see it as from the hand of God. Because mm-hmm. that's what we're told, right? It's what it says in James. Every good and perfect gift comes down from above, right. from our Father. So as a good Father, He does give us good things. And you know, if you just think that these are just things in life that, you know, by golly, I deserve this, mm. you know? That it, it, is not going to. I don't think that's going to be. That's not going to affect you as it is. You, you, you understand. You know that this is a good thing from God Himself, who loves us and cares for us and protects us. Mm. Well, there's a. Um, if you recall, um, let's see who was it uh, in the Book of Esther. I think uh, Mordecai said to Esther, you know, it was in a difficult time, right? He said to her, "How do you know you are not here for just such a time as this?" Right. Well, this. Scripture and Jason, you talked about it being timely in the beginning here. What what do you think Ecclesiastes is saying to our culture at this point in time? Mm-hmm. You know, how do we know that this book has not been given to our people and to us and, and to the church at large for just such a time as this? So, one of the things that jumped out to me in these when I was reading Ecclesiastes is this. I didn't come up with this phrase. It was. Um, now I can't really remember his name. The pastor from uh, in, down in, uh, in in Portland, um, he said that that, that, that Mark. Uh, no, not no. that guy. Okay, okay. Well, um, anyway. Bible Project guy. Oh, Tim Mackey. Tim Mackey. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, you're fast at that. Anyway, he he came up with it. He he called it the the myth of religious fulfillment, and that the Ecclesiastes kind of exposes this myth of religious fulfillment. And I think it's I think that's timely for our culture. What he's getting at is this idea that if we if we follow Jesus, if we uh, do this Christianity game, if we play by you know this these rules, that we're going to get X, Y, and Z. That if we that if we do everything right, that we're that we're owed this this fulfillment. And there's actually it's actually kind of a myth that. Just because you do X, Y, and Z doesn't mean you'll get this fulfillment necessarily. Mm-hmm. There's there is a randomness to life, mm-hmm. um, so I, I think that is very timely for our world today. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, religious fulfillment eh, might be might be thinking about it not not correctly. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know one of the one of my favorite books over the last decade uh, was a book by a guy named Simon Sinek. He wrote a book called Start with Why. And he talks about how, I mean, whether you're, he's, he's talking about companies. Like if you don't have a why, 
you can have a what, you can have a how, but if you don't have a compelling why, um, people are not really going to be engaged in whatever it is that you're uh, attempting to sell or whatever it is. Um, I, I don't know that people in this day and age have a compelling why. Hmm. I heard a, a a pastor one time, he, he was talking about this idea and he said, can you imagine if somebody walked up to you and said, hey, I want you to, uh, every morning from 9 to 11 a.m., I want you to go and take this sign and hold this sign up on the corner of this street um, and just do it, let's say, Monday through Friday, 9 to 11. Um, and can you imagine somebody <laughs> just going and doing that hmm. without asking why, you know? If I'm going to do that, is, is this important? Is it like, help me understand why I need to do this? And the point that he was trying to make is, Every single day, lots and lots of people, and like you had said, um, Brooks, friends and family that we know, they're waking up every single day, right? The alarm clock goes off, and they're getting ready for work, and they're jumping in their car, and they're going to work. Why? Mm. You ask them, well, why do you do this every day? Well, I need to make a living. Okay, well, why do you need to make a living? Well, I need to support my family. Well, why do you need to support my family? What you know? And you just keep pressing in, and you're like, why are you running the rat race, which is a lot, you know, rat race language is what comes out in Ecclesiastes. And I think what we would discover is, I don't know that people really are are intellectually honest about chasing down the why in their own life. I think we live in a culture where many, many people, they do not know their why. And the why in our society, I feel like used to be, well, I mean, I need to be a good person because there is an afterlife mm. and there is a God and there is somebody that I'm accountable to, whether I like it or not. And my good deeds and my not so good deeds are going to be thrown on a scale one day. And so I am trying to live the good life and be a good neighbor. But I don't know that people necessarily believe that anymore. And I, I think there is a crisis of why mm. in, in our culture that Ecclesiastes helps us to ask the hard why and hopefully lead us to a, a good Bible answer to them. I, I think it's really, really cool. I think it's a great reason why this book is is appropriate to our culture now. Just as you were talking, um, Jason, one of the things that hit me is that in our culture today, you know, with our phones, with our computers and stuff, everything is quick. Everything is shallow. Mm-hmm. Everything is, you know, 100 and whatever uh, characters. Everything is pithy. Everything's a sound bite. Mm-hmm. And yet that that is not a good way to live. That totally. does not help you live well. Because at some point, life requires deep thought. It, it requires wrestling with issues. It you know, requires working through things. So, you know, and boy, I hope I don't, I don't mean to step on the toes of the young here, but in a culture that is obsessed with youth and the young and wanting to know, you know, what they think, what they want to wear, what their influencers say. Mm. It's like, you know what? There's a time where, and this is what Solomon teaches us. We're not just going to, we don't want to just like, what, what is it? Connect with the young. We want to educate the young. Mm. We, we, have, we have a job to educate them about life, to teach them about the deeper things and help them to wrestle with through these things. Mm. Anyway, I think that is that is one of the things that I think, um, you know, the teacher is he, is, he is commanding us and helping us to do in this book. Do you think even the way that he has written this book, the mode he tells us those things teaches us that same lesson? Like how so? How so, he... like we've been talking about how the book, the book is not always straightforward. And it's not always exactly what you expect to hear. There's, at least in my experience of the book over this last summer, there's a lot of repetition and 
it's almost like moving in circles intentionally coming back to things and moving in other mm-hmm. directions. It makes you have to work and linger and think and reflect mm-hmm. just in understanding the way he's written it. And I, it's like almost the message and the mode of the message intentionally is instructing us what wisdom is. It takes time and patience and a willingness to wrestle through things that aren't straightforward and cut and dry, which I think in our moment, we are all about the sound bites and the Facebook mm-hmm. post and mm-hmm. what's my take on foreign policy. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to look at someone's Facebook post. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion. Mm-hmm. What's my take on this oh. issue? Mm-hmm. Twitter. Mm-hmm. That's, and it's like, we're not, and I'm saying like all of us, cause I'm, I'm in this too. Like we're not willing to sit and say, I don't know if I'm right here and I need to sit and listen and maybe wrestle with this yeah. and come back to it. And I just think Ecclesiastes is yeah, yeah 3000 years old, but it is. Well, if you notice a number of the, a number of the, uh, even the secular podcasters, have taken on a format of like two hours. Yeah. So, because they, they and, and people are listening. And I think it's part of it for that very reason, Adam, that they want to go deep into a mm-hmm. subject. They want to, they want to hear somebody really engage the issues. Mm-hmm. And we're, we've been helping people engage life. Yeah. And even put people in tensions like he does in this book. It's like, here's a truth and here's a truth. And they seem like they don't agree with each other, but they do. And God's universe. So sit in that for a little bit, <laughs> admit you don't know everything and let it, let the conclusions slowly fall into your yeah. lap, maybe as, yeah. through prayer and thinking. And yeah, I, do you think yeah. that if, if Ecclesiastes was written today in a <laughs> a wise a, a wise person wrote a, a, a book and we all recognized him as wise and he wrote a book and it went into Amazon? Do you think that Ecclesiastes would be a bestseller today? <laughs> That's a good That's question. That's a really good question. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it might. Of the writing of books, there is no end, Brooks. Yeah. So, says the preacher. <laughs> yeah. Much, much weirder to the flesh. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, no, what, do you, what do you think, though? What's your opinion? I don't know. No, I don't, I don't think it would. I don't think it would. Um, and which is, I think, why it's, that in why. The, it's in the canon of Scripture. That why, that's why I think it's in the canon of Scripture, because uh, it, it is... It is an uncomfortable truth. I think what you like what you just said, Adam. That there are two these two truths that seem to contradict each other, but in God's reality, they're they're both true. Is that what you said? Yeah, more or less. Yeah. Like it, it, it's an uncomfortable truth. We don't we don't like uncomfortable truths, uncomfortable realities. You know, we don't like gray, right? We yeah. don't like when there's issues where it's like, man, that's true and that's true. Also, but like I feel like I'm somewhere in the middle. We don't yeah. like. We want it to be really fixed and absolute in our brains. And be able to explain yeah, to every hold, part of it. To hold these two these things in tension. Yeah, right. That's mm-hmm. that's part of the deal. Well, uh, you uh, Adam, you mentioned earlier that we preached through Ephesians. Ephesians. Now we've done Ecclesiastes. So where Adam, or J- uh, Jason? Sorry, Jason. Where do we where do we head from here? What are some of the things we're looking at down the road? Can you give us a bit of a preview? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, yeah, so we have spent the bulk of 2021 in uh, the New Testament book of, of Ephesians and now in the Old Testament wisdom literature of Ecclesiastes. Uh, this fall is going to be quite a bit different than what we've been doing uh, at the beginning of the year. So kicking off the second Sunday of September, um, we are going to start a brand new series that is going to be for our entire church, uh, multi, multi-church church that is Bethel. Um, we're going to be rolling it out for small group leaders, small groups to go through, participate in. Maybe families will participate in it as well. Um, but it's called the 1% life, this language, Dave, that we've been talking about of considering what it is to be a follower of Jesus and how we grow um, in that relationship with Christ. And what we've said is that 
if we just take and invest 1% of our day, 1% of our week, 1% of our month, 1% of our year in growing in the three most critical relationships that we have, our relationship with God, our relationship with the people of God, and our relationship with people that don't yet know God in the world. If we grow in those three relationships, um, there's going to be sizable change in every area of our life. If we invest 1% of our life in that, the other 99% is going to be transformed. So we'll be rolling that out here in just a couple of weeks for you. I think it's Sunday, September 12th, when we kick that series off. And we're going to encourage everybody to go through this. It, it's a bit of a reset for us all. I, I think that um, over uh, the pandemic and the last 18 months of just change and difficulty and turmoil, um, I think we all need a reset in lots of areas. Many of us have lost our habits or we've slipped into bad habits. And this is an opportunity for us to come back to good habits, foundational habits, like being in the Bible daily, engaging in prayer and prioritizing that, choosing church on a weekly basis. Some of us have slipped and just showing up and participating with God's people and giving ourselves away yeah. in, in worship and in encouragement to one another, uh, being in group life, being engaged in your world with people that, like we talked about, they don't know the answer to those why questions. And we have the answer. We have the hope that they are desperately longing for, whether they've realized that yet or not. So we're going to return to these kind of these habits, these rhythms together through the 1% life. Thanks for joining us this week. Listen in next week as we continue to encourage each other to practically follow Jesus through the application of gospel truth. If you haven't already subscribed, please do so, because we'd love to continue to dive into God's Word with you. We'd also love to connect further with you. If you go to Bethel.ch, you'll see all sorts of ways to connect, serve, and worship with our church body. Finally, please consider sharing this podcast with your friends by word of mouth or on social media. Have a blessed week.